Welcome to the show. I'm Mikey. And it's your girl Zay Day. We are two social justice warriors dedicated to dismantling systems of oppression through a black, black queer, queer feminist lens. Feminist lens. Yes, this podcast will cover a variety of topics ranging from politics in our country to which new bop you can twerk to. Hey. <laughs> yep. And while we're twerking, y'all can start following. Search Black to the Future on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join in the conversation. And don't forget to leave positive reviews for us on your streaming platforms. Yes, please leave positive reviews. With the reach of this podcast, we desire to change the world one episode at a time. Yep, and I think it's time we get started, don't you think? Yep, let's get it! The The past past is gone, gone. the present present is an adventure. adventure. Looks like it's time to to go go black to the future. future. Cue the theme music. Mm. Y'all. Dropping every Thursday on the hour of the 12. Yeah. Breaking all the curses, creating family well. Yeah. Saving my community, my passion is their help. Yes, I am a teacher, but I do not miss help. Looking at the world through a feminist lens. Dub it or trash, no recycling bins. Women are superior, we're gonna get our wins. Category clothes, the girls get their tins. Transphobic thoughts are shaky, they wobble. Homophobic creeps left behind, they dawdle. LGBT on pose, yeah, they model. Black to the future, we say poppin' models. Like a dice, like a dog. Okay, welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Black to the Future podcast. We can't afford like no soundboard, so we just got to make the sound with our mouths. <laughs> So, um, uh, welcome audience. I am here, not with Mikey. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be here with a different lovely guest. I'm super excited to have them. They are, were actually on my live stream. I do lost in translation at the end of every month. So I'm really excited that they get to be on my actual podcast. This is so exciting. I am here with Zahir. Woo! So, uh, can you tell everyone your pronouns and if you prefer your orientation as well? That would be great. Um, I'm Zahir Ray. Um, my pronouns are he, him. Um, I am a bisexual trans guy. Oh, bisexuality. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yes. happy, I'm happy somebody's holding the identity down because people be like, it's not real. And I'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I'm not one of those people. Thank you. Identity has a big part to play in your human experience. I'm not going to erase that of me. But if you want to do that, that's fine. But me specifically, I'm not going to do that. I, I, I like to identify myself with queer, but I've never interacted with someone who has a vagina. Although I, this sounds, I don't want it to sound like I'm coming like on to anybody, but I'm like, I kind of want to just to try maybe like uh, once or twice, but we'll see. Like I'm, I'm trying to see. So I, that's how it starts. The curiosity. Definitely. <laughs> it's steps. 
So I I am so happy that you're here. As y'all heard, uh, Zaheer is a trans man, bisexual on top of that. So I want to unpack all those things because I have like this underlying series on the podcast where on like the number seven episodes, I interview like a black man who's attracted to trans women. So I wanted to make sure that I was including not only just cishet niggas, but also like... Like other yeah. other men who are also black who are trying to train them. Like I think that's fair, so people can get the whole scope of everything. So right, I really right, appreciate right. you. Good. So um, I, we always ask at the beginning of every episode, how is your blackness? So how are you doing right now as a black person, as a black trans person in this Pride events and stuff? Well, um, I would say, yeah, to make it simple. It's all I know, so it's like, uh, <laughs> it's all I know, so I'm just like living life. But at the same time, as a black trans person specifically, mm-hmm. um, the most challenging things for me has just been interacting with family. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from the deep south, uh, Christian, deep south culture. Um, small town, all that. So it's just like, that's been the hardest thing is navigating with family. And because I'm so bright, I'm so light-skinned, I really don't deal with that much anti-blackness from white people Mm. and even black people. I just, I don't deal with that much, but I deal with a lot of anti-transness more than anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, um... I just I just protect my energy now. I don't I don't um, I don't talk about talk about my transness to people if I know if I already have an idea of what they think. I just don't want to talk about it. I just protect my energy. I guess it's just something we just don't disagree with. Like that's my attitude now. Mm-hmm. At first, I used to just be like, let me get mentally prepared. Now I'm just like, oh, I'm not. I know I'm gonna get triggered. I'm just not going. I'm like, I'm not going to entertain it. I I, I agree. Thank you. And it's one of them things, like, I I think Mikey said on one of our previous episodes, like, this is the year of, like, setting boundaries. Like, everybody, like, I'm really, like, trying to be adamant about that, too. It's like, I'm going to let you into my space, like, as much as I want you to be in this. And if you're not going to be a part of it, if you're not going to be affirming and uplift who I am, then I don't need you to be around it. And if I want to subject myself to it, I'm going to pick and choose who I'm going to subject myself to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not doing it today. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it unless I get paid for it. And even then, I don't want to be with you. Even then, you'd be like, is it worth it? Is it worth it, Jesus? Right. Exactly. I'm I'm not doing it. Let's just talk about other shit. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, right, because me being a trans person in the center of the situation has how much gravity? Not much. So it's like, let's talk about the other issues. So yeah. I, I feel that because I just went like to my family's like Memorial Day and it was cute and it was a kiki, but my granny like tried to dead name me and do all that shit that she, she don't mean it. She in her 80s, like she's like, well, I'm just going to call you. I'm going to call you. I'm just like, girl, there's babies around. You're not going to get me like this. Like, so. Right. So. Yeah. And they don't realize how embarrassing that is. And they don't, also sometimes they don't realize what danger that could put you in, how it makes the situations awkward, how it makes, they don't, sometimes they don't realize how much you don't want to be around them because mm-hmm. of it. 
And they think that sometimes when you avoid them, that means that you're scared of them or you're intimidated. But it's just like, no, I don't want to be around that energy. When I'm constantly around people that do affirm me and I do have friends that affirm me. And it's like, to go back to that, I feel like I'm going backwards. And it does something to me mentally where I don't, I just don't want to deal with it. Like, it's, it's harming me. Literally. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're practicing. And they don't see that way. Right, and that's because they, they've never had to think about it. Like I tell cis people all the time, like you've just never had to think about it. So that's the that's the thing. Exactly. So again, you know, black trans queer people, everyone out there who's marginalized, please protect your energy. You know, don't let people be coming <laughs> up in your space just staying and doing whatever. Like, find, yes. find those who affirm you. And so, right. uh, before we go into like getting into your history, your uh, your black story, as we like to call it, and other stuff like mm-hmm. that, I want to mm-hmm. ask this question, which I didn't put on the list, but I want to ask this. Mm-hmm. How would you define black masculinity? How would you define that? Black masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, that's an interesting question. I would say whatever naturally comes to you, because I feel like everybody has both energies, right? And so some are naturally greater than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people suppress certain energies. So I know for me, masculinity comes naturally for me. Um, and what that looks like is, it comes to me more than for me. What that looks like to me is just how I feel comfortable. Um, like for me, uh, I always am wearing tennis shoes. I always wear it. Um, and it's, it's farther than what you what you wear, of course. Mm-hmm. But I'm always wearing tennis shoes. Always um, dressed in like in sporty wear or graphic t-shirts or just some jeans and joggers. And <laughs> like that's what I'm most comfortable in. That's what I always be most comfortable in. Um, I'm a sneakerhead too, just collecting shoes, and that's not necessarily masculine, but that's how it looks for me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Um, and I, I I like what you said, and not to interrupt you, but I like I like what you said. Like it's gonna show up different for that black person. Like you know, everyone's yeah. gonna, everyone's gonna have masculine and, and feminine energies and stuff like that and so it just it depends mm-hmm. on where you sit and how you want to lean into it I, yeah. I i like to ask black men that specifically um mostly because the idea is like it's all confined to this this constant presentation and stuff like that or of like how they're supposed to show up in the world supposed to be strong and all this kind of stuff and they think that being strong mm-hmm. is like being like hood nigga type energy all the time and it's like it don't have to show up like that like it yeah, don't no. so i'll be always trying to understand like what kind of pressure because a lot of black men say that they're under a lot of pressure to perform a certain kind of way and stuff like that so i just wanted to know how you felt about that pressure or if you see that pressure if you feel that pressure to perform a certain kind of way um i used to feel that pressure especially because i'm a short guy I'm only like five, six. So me being a short guy, I felt like I needed to overcompensate for people to take my masculinity seriously on top of me being a trans guy. 
but I don't, um, I'm not going to say that masculinity and femininity isn't real because there's certain energies there, um, that just like, for instance, um, I don't necessarily say, I wouldn't say strong is masculine. I feel like it's just like a human trait, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like strong. Um, some guys think that just being strong or um, fucking protective and is all you're supposed to be as a man. Like, I've literally just heard a trans guy say that about what another trans guy said to him. Like, basically, just be strong and protective and just, like, that's all his purpose is to him. And I feel like a lot of men feel that way. And it's just not a realistic part of humanity to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. My my definition of masculinity, black masculinity, is however much that shows up for you. Like, I know there's hood niggas that's naturally just hood niggas like that. Like, that's just how they were conditioned. Right. That's how their masculinity shows up. When, and I feel like there's there's a way to be a hood nigga without being misogynistic and... <laughs> and I would like to see high, it. <laughs> I would like to see it. super masculine. Like, I'm sure there's some dudes like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That are intelligent, but they are hood. Like, just like how there's some women like that. So, I don't know. I feel like all over the spectrum, whether you a hood nigga or not, is going to be some toxic masculinity in there because that's how men are conditioned by their dads and moms mm-hmm. and grandmas and whoever they're raised by so right it's very yeah. it's very generational it's just constantly being passed down and being reinforced by like what I think of like what white supremacy basically has said like we're like black men are supposed to be in this certain framework and this is what they're supposed to do this is why you fear them and da 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 so I really appreciate the fact that you said black masculinity is you being a black man by virtue or a black person who exudes masculine energy like you just have that you don't have to prove nothing to nobody you don't so. right and some of them feel like they have to live up to that image that white people have portrayed of us. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, in the media for years and years and years, they try to paint black men out as evil and demons. And some of them feel like that is their image. So they try to reflect that. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody is teaching them otherwise sometimes. So, yeah, it's just something that definitely got to be reversed. I know my dad wasn't a, um, a super, like, that type of dude where he is was a super hood dude. Like, he always wore his pants up. Like, he was a mm-hmm. military guy. Mm-hmm. He always wore his pants up. He always talked soft. He didn't feel like he had to overdo anything. And, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of, that's the masculinity I know. And I feel like, because I, that's how I grew up, I don't feel the need to um, do too much, I guess. I don't know. I just don't feel the need to be anything but myself because... I saw my dad just being himself the whole time, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, yeah. I, I appreciate those words. I, I just wanted to get your take on it because I've had different black men say different things every time I interview them for this particular kind of like series on the show. So I just wanted to know yeah. kind of where your hair placement was because some of them say different things where it's like it's black being a black man or being black masculinity is like being rigid and stuff like that. So I like to hear different perspectives on it because... Yeah. And, you know, I don't really exist in that space. I fully broke away from it. <laughs> so I'm just like, I don't, I, that pressure, I don't feel that pressure no more. But 
So, but let's go into your history, or as we like to say on this show, the black story. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we gonna try this one bogey. So, can you tell us about your uh, where you grew up and your family dynamic and all that stuff? We're gonna try this one bogey. <laughs> So, um, I'm from the outskirts, I'm originally from the outskirts of Houston, um, in a small town called Brookshire, Texas. Uh, it's like 20 minutes away, 20, 30 minutes away from Houston. And it's a population of like 4,500, 4,600 people. Oh, Jesus. And it's segregated by railroad tracks still to this day. Oh, it's so, redlined. Oh, okay. <laughs> the side I grew up on was the black side of course the roads were more messed up the, the houses were a little less um a little less nicer than the other ones and, um when i was about in about second grade uh my dad put enrolled me and my sister into um a private christian black christian school mm-hmm. and we uh we went back and forth from there from school and stuff and then eventually we moved to a more middle class area mm-hmm. called Katy. Um, when I was in fifth grade. Yeah, when I hit fifth grade we went there. And then from there I graduated from a school in Katy. So um I kind of got the best of both worlds in a way because Katie is uh, very diverse, very, very, very diverse. And um, I have friends, all types of friends. I had gay guy friends. I have white friends. I had Muslim friends. I had Mexican friends. I had all types of friends. So I'm actually pretty grateful for that because I got to be around lots of different human experiences mm-hmm. and the ability to have compassion because I talk to these people because I know of their experiences in the world and um, what else uh, then eventually I moved to Houston myself and settled down and chilling out <laughs> what other question did you ask? Oh no I just wanted to know like, like just that's good so Thank you okay. for thank you for sharing. Oh no, it's fine because people be like, I grew up, and you know they give you like a small fraction of a piece. Yeah. So I'll be like, damn, I need to like ask five thousand questions. You just talked, so that was great. So I uh, I thank you for sharing all that. And so I want to point out to people because this is a black podcast, and we like to focus on like how black people were treated differently. You heard them say like it was segregated, like. You was from air quotes the wrong side of the tracks. Like that expression is real. Like redlining and all that kind of shit like black people mm-hmm. still face all that kind of stuff so even in small small towns right and people be like it's not racism is not is this is racism baby this is racism yes. let's be unequivocally clear this is institutional <laughs> so and then you mentioned that you have a sister and um is she older than you or are you are you yes yeah, she's four years older than me we we have the same mom and dad and i have siblings where they're my half siblings. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, and then your daddy is black, and if I remember correctly, your mom is Latinx. If I remember right. Yes. 
Yeah, see. Okay, so um, well, let, let me just let me pause for a second, real quick, and say I am a terrible, huge geek and fan of like Marsha's plays. So <laughs> I, I I think I know way too much about y'all. And I, <laughs> I'd be like I'd be having field days listening to y'all. Like the last episode sent me, it was so fucking great. I thought it was great, but we um, love it. Thank you. It was so fun. Um, so I just want to say that. So I'm going to put the, the information for Marsha's Plate. It's a Black Trans podcast. I'm going to put that information in the description in the bottom. They are, y'all literally like helped me get started with my show and stuff. So I really appreciate y'all. Good, good. But, um, so you had your sister and y'all grown up and y'all went to a different area and it became more open. You got to meet and experience different kinds of people. You mentioned queer people. So I wanted to know from your own self, like, when did you start to realize your own attraction towards women? And since you are an AFAP person, obviously you were probably like, what the fuck is happening? I'm supposed to be air quotes, like boys and shit. So how can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, this is where it gets tricky because you try to understand, because a lot of people loop in their gender identity with their sexuality Mm -hmm. so I used to think I liked girls just girls because of of my identity like how I was having dysphoria as a super young kid um like for instance I would um steal some of my cousin's boxers and stuff and wash them and take them for myself when I was real real young Okay. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like um um in my family, now that I'm realizing it took that as I was a lesbian. Mm. But I don't think that you can sexualize children at that young. So and so obviously there's something else going on mm-hmm. if the child is pushing back to Cause like at that time I wasn't thinking I like girls, so I'm gonna wear boxers. You see what I'm saying? Right. It wasn't like that, and I didn't actually fall for a girl. And I've been I didn't actually fall for a girl until the sixth grade, okay. sixth sixth seventh grade. And you know I've been experimenting with girls and boys. You know like. Mm-hmm. Just doing life stuff where children don't even know what they doing. They just know like this is intimacy, I guess. Like, right. like you try to you try to mirror what you think your parents do, or right. <laughs> like I'm gonna do what mommy do, I'm gonna do what daddy do, or whatever the fuck, right? <laughs> right, right. So, or like adults do. So, <laughs> you know, but. Let's see, it wasn't officially seventh, sixth grade. And I but I've been experimenting like with my identity mm-hmm. before that. You see what I'm saying? And it had nothing to do with my sexuality itself. To me, it more so had to do with how I wanted to show up in the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's an important thing to pay attention to because people will be like, you doing these things, so that must make you this kind of queer or this, or they try to yeah. get, they try to assign you a label when you're a child, especially before you even had time to even think about what the fuck you doing. Like mm-hmm. you, you just acting and living your best life. So you go on and getting your cousin's boxers and trying to wear them is like you trying to act on who you feel like you are on the inside. And so because mm-hmm. we don't, 
because especially back then we don't really we didn't have the language and some people still don't have the fucking language to be able to identify the fact that just because you wear these kind of clothes means doesn't mean that you do this it's like just because you know this afab person like this young little little girl person is putting on these shorts doesn't mean that or these these boxes or whatever don't mean that you know she's going to grow to be a lesbian or doesn't like that it could happen but let them figure that out for themselves right so because i definitely still would it still was a small attraction to boys back then i'm sorry so like (laughs) that kind (laughs) of that kind of confuses me because in you know in reality they'll try to push you in the box like oh that's gay but that's really not the case. And that's the thing that kind of breaks my heart about the Zion Wade situation oh, because mm-hmm. they're not understanding the difference between identity and sexuality and to see like grown men say disgusting things, um, sexualizing a child is it, horrible. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that needs to be pointed out every single time that gender identity and sexuality is different. I, I agree. I, I don't, again, I just think it's just because they don't have the language. And uh, shout out to Zayway. That's my niece. And if I ever meet her, ever, ever, not ever, one time, I'm going to just be like, I will protect you. But anyway, <laughs> I, I I think they just don't have the language. And because they don't have the language, they just classify it underneath you either straight or you gay. And they don't, they don't, yeah. they don't know how to break it down past that. Like we just now starting to have these words and stuff. And they feel like we're overwhelmed. I'm like, you overwhelmed and you outside, we inside and we still overwhelmed. Let's be very clear, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> but yes. so I, I, I appreciate the fact that you was like, I'm acting on who I am, not what I'm attracted to and stuff like that. Right. So, um, when you started to have the feelings of your gender identity or your attraction or whatever that may be, were you like nervous and scared and stuff like that? Or were you kind of like given a pass? Because I feel like, and this is just me projecting probably, but AFAB people, particularly when they do more masculine things, it's praised in a way to a certain extent. It's like you get the tomboy pass. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like that really was what it was because it's just like my dad even told me he just ignored it. Mm. And I feel like AFAB people don't get that grace where it's like we just go ignore it. It's a lot of countering. Like, we're going to really try to make you hard. Right. We're going to teach you how boys do this and do that. Like, nah, we're going to counter that shit. So, yeah, there is. And until, it, until it's not cute anymore for us. It's like, okay, when well, you going to grow out of it? Like, you're a young lady, mm-hmm. so you need to behave. You know, you're 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 adult now. You're, you're a teenager. You know what I'm saying? Because in their mind, that means that, oh, you're a tomboy. I'm fine with that because that means you're not going to be fast and have sex with boys and you know i'm cool with that you know you're gonna be reserved with your body and i think that's more of the mind frame Mm. and that and that's how people look at lesbianism Mm. a lot of time they look at it like um oh you know and some they look at it like oh your body is a little more valuable even in the queer community even lesbians are very biphobic because they're like oh your body is reserved and not being penetrated it's just you know, your your pussy is tight, and, you know, that's, that's what we love. Like, that's the attitude, and I think it's more so revolved around the autonomy situation. 
I, I like I like that you're bringing so much insight to me because I'm I'm not an AFAP person so I've never had this kind of like discourse around these kind of conversations so I really appreciate it because <laughs> I've always just been under the impression that like okay you get to be a tomboy you just just to be free meanwhile like I'm over here I'm trying to express myself but they trying to make me hard and it's never gonna happen do you see me <laughs> do, you, do you believe this is going to fucking happen like yeah but I think it's so interesting like you're not gonna be fast so they're the, it seems like they're more concerned about you not being yeah. exposed to like sexual situations as like a time yeah. that's interesting i never knew that yeah and my dad was comfortable around me being around boys because he knew i wouldn't do nothing with him like but there was one boy i actually did do something with two boys that i <laughs> with. so i'm like and that confused me, but it also was just me just being me. So, you know, it wasn't nothing like full-blown sex. It was just like experimenting, like, as a teenager, basically. Like teenagers do. And, and that's and that's the thing that I think people don't understand is that we need to allow people to do stuff and enjoy you know, sex and, and, and experimenting with each other. Otherwise, they're going to go out there and just be doing random shit with other people because you're going to tell them no and lock them down and shit, like... Or at least talk to them about, like, teach them about sex because they're going to do it regardless. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're going to do it and my parents didn't really teach me about sex and um, when I'm going to have a period and when I'm a... Uh, you know, like, and part of me didn't want to talk about that. And I felt like deep down, they probably do. Mm-hmm. Like, I have an aunt. She's silly. She she kind of raised me in a way. Mm-hmm. But she was just like, all right, let me know when you get your period. I want to celebrate it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Not the, uh, I <laughs> and remember, I never did. I, I, I remember <laughs> you saying that on one of your episodes on Marsha's Plate, that they never talked to you about having a menstrual cycle and stuff like that, which I found very shocking as an AFAB, like, coming, I was like, really? Like, that's the, air quotes, the hallmark of womanhood. They, like, like they, like, pin, drop a pin right there, like, now you're a woman, because you can start ovulating and shit. It's like, what? Yeah. So. And then they, you, they weaponize it against trans women as if they even care about having their period in the first place. Like, you acting like you love your period. And you weaponize it against trans women, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's strange. Like, I bleed once a month. Great, sis. I'm so happy for you. Like, it's a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, I, I don't know what it's like, so I'm not going to speak on it, like, in that capacity. But I'm like, I'm I'm okay with not having that issue every month. You know, I'm, I'm going to be okay with it. You know, that's what you're Trust body... me. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> and so... so and that's great. So I'm glad you I'm glad you said that because then we can talk about like your transition into trans masculine. So I'll, at at one point in time, I believe you said you were like identifying with the lesbian identity and being more yeah. of a, a stud or maybe like a soft yeah. lesbian or whatever. And yeah. it's like moving away from that into trans being a trans masculine person. Like, how did that work for you? What was that situation kind of like? Um. Both stages were uncomfortable because I remember when I first started dressing, dressing masculine, period. It was uncomfortable because I was already dressing basically how I how my sister dressed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like her dog. And so it was already uncomfortable to dress masculine because I knew everybody was looking at me and I was right. Like, 
in middle school transitioning in a way because I transitioned from dressing feminine and tomboyish time to time and then dressing how I wanted to dress mm-hmm. and that was a transition in itself and I just felt like everybody was looking at me and blah 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 and it was the same thing when I transitioned literally like medically mm-hmm. and I felt uncomfortable I felt like everybody was looking at me I felt clocky I felt which I was <laughs> I felt, we all start off a little rough we all start off a little rough <laughs> some guys get facial hair and I passable by three months six months that was not the case for me I didn't get passable until like one and a half years mm-hmm. like one and a half years into my transition like mm-hmm. on testosterone and so that's why I kind of have an issue with people saying it's easier for trans guys mm-hmm. um medically transitioning because I I was a late bloomer like I didn't have no changes like that but my voice like (laughs) up to one and a half years and I feel like that's a false notion but the only difference is people ignore it more because they just clock it as you're a stud and there's no threat as a stud to people in society for the most part so right that that's what i that's what i've heard and kind of seen and so since i'm not in the lesbian kind of space um i wanted to know like what was it like in your social situation where it was like you were your stud lesbian and now you're like moving into trans masculinity and then our i feel like the lesbian community probably has some choice words about that is that true like um, yeah, some of them feel like, there's two different reactions I see. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like, oh, y'all are still girls, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some that's like, um, you're a man now, don't come in our spaces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, leave us alone, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, stop fucking with our women. Um, stop coming in our clubs. You're a man now. Leave us alone. So, and that I had, I'm pretty sure some gay men do. But from what I've seen, it seems like um, trans women are allowed in um, in those spaces for the most part. Like when I look at ballroom, mm-hmm. when I look at the clubs, I always see trans women there versus like if I go to a lesbian club, unless I'm performing as a drag king or I'm a drag king, they like, because there's trans men that do it. Mm-hmm. They're looking at you like, why are you here? <laughs> like, and I, I think that, no, I, hmm. I get it in the sense that they want to have their own spaces and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I definitely do understand like the idea of like, I want to make sure we protect yeah. this energy and stuff like that. But sometimes, you know, like when you move away from one space into the other one, I feel like they should be some of the people that affirm and assist you the most and say like, you welcome to whatever you need mm-hmm. help with. And so I feel like that's what should be happening, but I feel like they don't always do that. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, some of them are like, nah, don't fuck with it. But at the same time, because I'm a person that I don't really care to go into lesbian spaces, and I've been to one while I transitioned. I was watching my friend perform as a drag king, Mm -hmm. and multiple trans men perform as drag kings. And, you know, they're kind of welcome in that sense. But if you're not, it's like, eh. And I don't don't, don't know, because I'm more in, um, like, um, gay clubs where um, there's 
like gay spaces where there's uh, all types of trans people, like mm-hmm. non-binary. Oh, I mean, not trans people, queer people, mm-hmm. like non-binary, ABAP, queer people. Like I'm more in those spaces now, and it seems like uh, it seems like it's a little more welcoming in my experience. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think that when it's much more inclusive just in general and it's not being very specific yeah. and catered to things, I think it helps immensely. But I do have one question before we depart from that. Do you think that it's because AFAP people in particular have been pushed down so much they don't want any of that masculine energy around them if they can, you know, if they can create something for them? It's the same kind of way where... Uh, cis women don't want trans women in their spaces it's like we've worked so hard you can't just come in here and now that you you know you even though you're a trans woman or you're a trans man so now you're a man so all these people who are not sticking to being afab or whatever trying to invade space and stuff like that do you think that's right um unless it's about like health stuff unless it's about like um focus groups where it's just like about health and you know i i believe there should be certain spaces for certain people but we talking about a club it's <laughs> like this is a club and then like also i know that bisexual women exist mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm kind of like you're i don't know i don't i really i really have no interest in going in those those spaces like that so it's kind of like, eh. but at the same time, I'm like, this is a club. Unless the guy is being um, predatory oh, okay. and, and doing too much, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then that's when I would feel like it's okay. But it's like a public club. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it, it feels weird to me. I, I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's the idea is that men have been taught to be predatory so to speak and so that's why they're afraid of trans women specifically because they're like these men are going to dress up like women and do stuff to you and then the same and then the opposite is like you moving away from being a a lesbian person or in that way and you're adding testosterone to your body so now you're becoming a man and coming into this space it seems like everyone's just afraid of what men are gonna do and i just Mm -hmm. it sounds like you y'all 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 are directing your energy at these trans people. You need to be talking about what cis men are gonna do to you. Like that's the thing we need to be worried about. Yeah, yeah. Like I do feel like there should be certain spaces for specific groups mm-hmm. when it's like that's the focus, like specifically. But like a public club, like 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 even in the straight scenes, they don't want queer people in there, and I don't feel like that's right because it's not like it's like a club is not. I don't know. I don't feel like a certain club is just for specific people. Like, it's a club. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> no, and 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 you're you're entitled to feel that way. I know people will be wanting specific safe because I know when I go out, a, a cis head straight club, it's cute. But if someone decides to turn into that person and be like whisper, 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 like oh she, sh-, and then it's gonna turn into a fucking mess, and I don't want that. So I'd rather be in the I'd rather be in the space where at least if somebody's gonna start whispering, it's gonna be at least maybe at least a few people that's gonna be like, no, don't fuck with her or whatever, leave them alone or stuff like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I feel yeah, like in this in the straight club they can't even they won't do that. So. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. At all. It's it's very, it's very assertive. It's very is very masculine energy in there, <laughs> like hyper masculine energy and 
straight club, even for women. So it's just like it could be a lot. Like you have to get mentally prepared. And you, I don't want to do that. You don't even have fun. Right. You be you be on guard the whole time. It's 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 no it's no fun. It's just like I'm gonna just sit over here and dance in a corner. It's like that's what what you go to the club for? You could have did that at home, like. Yeah, like, I could go to, a, like, maybe, like, a bar, but, like, a full-blown club, it's just about, like, it's about status. That's mostly what straight clubs are about, is status. Well, luckily, I ain't playing that game with nobody. <laughs> but yeah. let's go into this next section I want to talk about here, okay? Okay. <laughs> Okay, here we go. All right, so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, bisexuality. So I think this is important, especially in the realm of men being bisexual, whether it be trans or cis. I want to start off with talking about bisexuality. And so I wanted to know how you have kind of come to understand and interact with your own personal bisexuality. Let's see. Um, shit, Mia could vouch for me that it was a hard time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I, because people make trans men seem like less of men if we're attracted to men, Mm. um, that was the biggest battle for me, um, and also, like, it's a lot of belittling, period, towards queer men, Mm -hmm. so me being a trans man, and my just existing as a trans man and things being uh, micromanaged and how I behave and um, my expression and it's already going to have a microscope on it like how man are you mm-hmm. and then adding that factor of me being attracted to men was another thing that put more things to it because gay men, gay cis men already deal with uh, being call less of a man and mm. you know not man enough and stuff like that so um the pressure as a trans guy felt um it, it felt it felt overwhelming for me and it was a, a long battle because i was in denial <laughs> it was just like um i'm just doing it because that's just their easy access like it's like <laughs> it, i don't know i would just make up just make up different things and then i really came to the realization that um because i've literally been in relationships with boys mm-hmm. straight boys when i was in middle school in the beginning of high school even when i started to dress masculine mm-hmm. um <laughs> and been experimenting with boys and all that so it's just like i really sat down and like was real with myself like brett like um (laughs) you don't like when trans no you're not you don't like when cis men aren't real about their their attractions to trans women and you despise it Mm. And you're doing the same thing to yourself. Like you're you're despising yourself. Like you already you're being what you don't like. Like you're being, you know. Like because I don't really care for. Because uh, I know that trans men are. I mean, not trans, cis men that are, that like trans women be the same ones that belittle 
trans women in public mm-hmm. and, you know, do all this extra shit and belittle even gay men. Like, any type of queer ain't mad people, they belittle. And I was belittling myself, mm-hmm. and I didn't like that. So I was like, we got to change your frame of mind. And um, it was just, I don't know, I still, like, I just now started to to not have a lot of biphobia and homophobia towards myself because it, it mostly just had to do with um, seeing myself as less of a guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what really changed it. I think it was just maturing more than anything. Right. Just just elevating my mind. Like, I just thought it was silly. Like, like why wouldn't you want to be yourself fully and show up that way and talk about it right. and be open with it? Like, you're erasing a part of yourself is that's just not how I want to live my life like it's, it's not I thank you I I agree I think that when you're I think when people claim the bisexual identity and and they're like I'm bisexual. I think that there's so much divisiveness around it, like from gay people or queer people. Yeah. Sometimes the idea yeah. is like, well, you're gonna pick a side eventually, and you're gonna fall over here. You're just on your way. The expression would yeah. be by now, gay later. Like that's like a real life expression. And some people may fall underneath that space where they identify with being bisexual first because air quotes, it's easier. And then they may move into like their overall, maybe their gay identity. So that's something that can possibly happen. But people have attractions to both genders equally or slightly more than others or whatever. Like it's possible. So I don't, I never understood the idea of you're going to pick one eventually and stuff like that. And then from the cis side, from the uh, cis het side, it's, it's the, it's very like, oh, you just gay over there. Like, you, like, especially when it comes to the concept of men being bisexual, because everything is through the the male gaze in this patriarchal system. So, men don't get the privilege and the luxury. This is, like, one of their only, like, I guess, kinks in their armor where they don't really have that much privilege, where they, they don't get to express anything except complete homosexuality or complete heterosexuality. They don't get the grace of any kind of middle nothing. Either you gay or you straight. Right. But <laughs> women get the privilege of being like, oh, they can say and be whatever they want because if they're interacting with another woman through the men's patriarchal lens, they're going to be like, oh, that's hot. She's doing it for me. Maybe she's doing it for herself. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. She definitely is. <laughs> Maybe. Question mark. But then, like, for men, they just don't get that. And I, I can understand why you were saying like you were having a hard time because you're probably fighting those things where it was just like, well, they said this is what men do, so I have to do what men do, and that's liking women, and that I don't have the power, or I don't, or I'm not able to like mm-hmm. men and stuff like the other men. So, right, and also, also, I just, I don't know, because trans men a lot of the time police other trans guys. And I was starting to find community, mm-hmm. and I know how judgmental some of them could be to each other. Any trans people could be judgmental to each other. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I didn't want to. I don't know. I didn't want to lose certain respect. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like I'm trying to grow in the community, 
You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to, I didn't want to lose respect. But after a while, I was like, this is stupid. Like, these niggas is going to say stupid. <laughs> they're going to say stupid shit. They're going to say stupid shit. Like, if they're going to believe stuff, they're going to believe it. But me not being myself at the expense of my mental health and <laughs> my health in general is ridiculous. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not doing that. I, I agree. And I think something you said is just like the respect. Like, and you yeah. mentioned it a little bit ago about, like, you're less of a man. So, at any at any capacity, if you are going to be a man, you don't have the, again, you don't have that space to move. You're going to lose respect if you're attracted to another man. But it's like, why? If you're a man and he's a man, what is lost? I don't understand what's lost. And so that's the thing that... You know, I just don't understand. If anything, it should make you more powerful. This could be in this world because if you overcome another man and you are you or whatever, like you should be stronger. You should be twice as strong because you're two men together. Like that doesn't make sense to me. That's weird. And then, and then as a man, they think they think that you like other men think that you want them. Like as if you don't have standards. Like you're, you have taste, <laughs> right? And like. And then there's like a false notion like um, you, like for instance, some people battle dating bisexual people because they like, I'm going to have to worry about you wanting this person and this person and this person and I'm going to have to battle two different genders. And like, I think that's, that's ridiculous because like, even if you're with, even if I'm with a woman that doesn't erase my bisexuality or even if I'm with a man that doesn't erase my bisexuality and I feel like that's and also that don't mean that I want everybody in the world like that don't mean that I don't have standards and you know what I'm saying and that's a thing that people think like when they hear somebody's bisexual they think that they fucking everybody right (laughs) that's instantly where they head go like you want everybody like you just greedy like you want everything and it's like, do we do people not have standards and regulations about who they're gonna let into their bedrooms and stuff like that? And so, I I think people just just take it with a like you want ev- like you said everybody just won't everybody like a bisexual person wants everybody and it's like girl right. not really because just because you this don't mean I'm gonna like you and just because you this I mean I'm gonna yeah. like you so that don't like, really work. I'm attracted to men, but it's a specific type of man in specific type of situation, mm-hmm. specific type of sex, or or like I'm attracted to women, but it's specific type of women. Like people still have their their thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like even within that. So like that limited that limits people. Like it's not like I'm attracted to everybody in the world. I just said I have the capacity to be attracted to either genders or any gender. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's me. I want to make that. I don't take on on pansexuality because of my specifics. Like, I don't take on that label Mm -hmm. because of my specifics. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I want people to be very clear that I'm going to tap this device so y'all can fucking hear what the fuck he just said. It's like... (laughs) 
being a bisexual person does not mean I'm gonna go out and just fuck everybody. You like, you have rules about like, if you're a man, I want this from you. If you're a woman, I want this from you. They're probably gonna be lots of overlap, but there's just gonna be some slight tweaks and differences from what you like and stuff like that. And so obviously the difference between bisexuality and difference between pansexuality is that if you're pansexual, you like everybody and everything at any capacity. So it don't matter what genital combination they have with their expression and all that kind of stuff. Whereas a bisexuality is a little bit more rigid frame of reference because it's like, I want my men to be like this. I want my women to be like this. When you're pansexual, you ain't got these limitations and kind of hang ups on that kind of stuff. So I want everybody yeah. in the audience to be clear on that. Because they be like, it's the same thing. No. No, it's not. Nice try, though. Yeah. And people people often take on pansexuality because they're um, attracted to trans people. Mm, mm-hmm. But um, I don't look at it that way. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I don't. I My idea of pansexuality is... I'm attracted to non-binary people and gender fluid people mm-hmm. and, you know, me specifically, I'm into binary folks. Okay. And that, that's just my idea. Like, I'm yeah. attracted to binary women and men. That's just me. And I, I agree. I think one thing that Diamond said on Marsha's play a, a little while ago, when I think we were talking about, they were talking, you know, y'all was talking about the super straight thing too, because we had an episode about it. But like, it don't matter who, like, it's going to be at my discretion. Whoever want to be in my bed, going to be in my bed. Like, I don't have to explain nothing to you. Like, it's, right. not, it's not that serious. You can discriminate in your bed as much as you want to. Right. Because you're not in there. <laughs> so, what the fuck? Right. So, and you mentioned attraction to trans people. So, of course, you're on uh, this number seven, because that's apparently the number I'm sticking with for talking to men who are attracted to trans women. So, um, obviously, you are in a lovely relationship with Mia. Hey, Mia! (laughs) (laughs) So, y'all have been in this relationship. I love watching it while watching, listening to it, like how y'all grow and blob and stuff like that. So how did how is this relationship as two trans people together? Because I need the audience to know that this is a real thing that does happen. <laughs> um, let's see. There's definitely been challenges because of mostly misunderstanding mm. uh, about each other's experience as trans people. And like I've even had my own um, stereotypes. Mm-hmm. because I've never been in a relationship with a trans woman before and then the trans women I were open to before her and talked to like on a dating level um, I've never met some of them but um, there's been a girl that <laughs> I don't know why, why I did this but I was talking to a trans woman and then I didn't tell her I was trans until like a couple weeks in mm-hmm. <laughs> And then she just stopped talking to me. And, <laughs> and so I have these stereotypes that um, that trans women only wanted cis men and um, trans men were, I mean, trans women were hypersexual mm-hmm. and all these false, silly things that, that cis people think too. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so like I, I came into a relationship with these things in the back of my mind without even addressing it or talking about it. I'm sure she had hers too. And um, those would clash and show up eventually, but after a while, it's like, okay, yeah, 
be good. Like, mm-hmm. basically, that's all it was. Like, it was just silly boxes that we put each other in. And once we disintegrated those, it became much better. <laughs> I love the word disintegrated. <laughs> but I, I think that's I think that's something that people have a hard time, especially cis people. They'll be like, so you transition from one to the other to be with somebody who transitioned from one to the other. So now y'all together. And they'll be like, why y'all just didn't stay the same? Or whatever they'll say, you know, some ignorant ass shit. But the idea behind it that I always try to enforce is like transitioning isn't for anyone else but yourself. So I want that to be very clear. Like uh, Zedan transitioned for to get attraction. Right. He did it for himself. The same thing with me and other trans folk. That's why they're doing it to affirm and be exactly who they are. They ain't trying to pull people and they're trying to pull trade and all that kind of shit. That's. Yeah. If you if you are, you might be doing it for the wrong reason, sweetheart. You might want to re- 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 I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some. You might want to re reevaluate what you're doing. But yeah. I, I want that to be very clear. And so I've never been in a relationship with obviously with someone um who is an AFAB person. But baby if I if if I'm just gonna say if Marquise Vilson if if late Ashley walked up to me, I would be like, you know what, Jesus, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to figure it out. I'm gonna make it work, Jesus, because cause y'all Jesus, is you're my savior, huh? Okay, <laughs> Jesus, you are my savior. <laughs> yes, cause I, yeah, it is. I, I, I genuinely just like I know that they're gonna one understand. I think this is my. You can speak to this too, of course, because obviously you know. But, like, if you're in a relationship where you're both trans, there's things that you're going to encounter as far as, like, you both understand how dysphoria and how triggering things can be and stuff like that. So how did y'all, from your end at least, how did y'all, like, navigate, like, dysphoria, like, the incongruency, like, with different sexual things or how you're feeling about yourself when you look in mirrors and all that kind of stuff? How did you feel about that? Before, when Mia was experiencing dysphoria or I was experiencing this for it, we would take it personally because we didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't know, we didn't know each other that well. So, like, we would take it personally, like, is this something about me? Like, but then after a while, now I know if Mia is experiencing this for or uncomfortability, and then I know that it has nothing to do with me before I would take it personally like it was me. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, um, she had, I don't know if she's going to be talking about this, but she had slight bottom dysphoria. Mm. So, <laughs> so, so sometimes if we weren't intimate, I would take it personally like it was me rather than she just don't want to deal with that part of herself today. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and that was the issue. And for me, I've dealt with women that didn't really, because I've dealt with women that were either bisexual or like cis women. I dealt with them that were either bisexual or straight. Mm-hmm. And so I've dealt with those women that didn't even want my body. You see what I'm oh, saying? Mm-hmm. Like didn't really care to engage with it. And some did, but some didn't. And so like that was a trigger for me because I'm thinking that it's that, that you just don't want to. Mm-hmm. Like in the sense of, you don't care for my autonomy. You don't care to pleasure me. Right. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, it really just 
has to do with she don't want to use her genitalia like because of dysphoria like mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying like it just you have to be very 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 understanding and put yourself in those shoes and i think because of me being trans is us both being trans is a blessing because we instantly get it it wasn't right. like that at first but you have to learn the person because they're still a person right. and a relationship is you still have to grow and learn about each other. So, but it just makes it 10 times easier with the transfers. It's like, okay, I get it. Boom. We can move on to the next thing or we could, you know, like right. with a cis person, it would be like, like it would be prolonged. Like it would be constant having to talk through things constant habit and not say they don't have the capacity or capability because i know there's this on trans relationships that are beautiful but mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like i don't know like it's a different it's a different relatable experience kind of like a black person dating a black person you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so it's it's like I get the yeah, perfect analogy. It's like two black people dating each other. You don't have yeah. to you don't have to explain to them about history, all that kind of shit. Like they just they yeah. already know. So it's unspoken language there. Just around if you're both trans, it's gonna be unspoken language about what's taking place and stuff like that. And I mm-hmm. think that because of how you know society is set up, everyone is so focused on trans people's genitals that we internalize that and we be so focused on our genitals all the time. And it's like. Mm-hmm. We don't get to have the full pleasure of ourselves until we break free of the constraints of what it is to be a woman or what it is to be a man. Like we have to, we have to break free of those ideas and just take pleasure in what we have. And if you want to change it, if you want to go through with any affirming surgeries thing or procedures, you can do that. But just just make sure you're doing it. Of course, again, for the reasons, for the right reason to affirm yourself, not to try to pull people in because like, oop, look, I'm a woman. Now I have a pussy or I look, I'm a man. Now I have a dick and did it out. That's what is that going to get you now? So yeah. you should be doing it for yourself. So I, I love both of y'all's relationship. It's fun listening to y'all interact all the time. It's, it's, it's I be Kia every oh time. Oh my god! Glad you love it. <laughs> I'm not gonna tap it because I. <laughs> but I think that's great. And so, um, the other thing I wanted to kind of talk about, if it's okay, is I know that you've done like escorting and stuff before, so. I wanted to know how that kind of played itself out in the realm of like dating trans women and as well as like being a bisexual person. So how did those kind of things like bisexuality, um, being an escort and like dating trans women, like how did those three things kind of work? If you can kind of explain that a little. Um, well, of course, the main reason people escort is to get money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and trust, they will pay. They, they will pay nicely to trans people. Let's be clear. <laughs> it definitely, that was my number one thing. But also at the same time, um, I realized for me, and I, it didn't have anything to do with my relationship but for me because we both were open to it. And mm-hmm. still are, oh, sorry. <laughs> we both still are open to escorting a relationship. Mm-hmm. But for me, meeting people in person is not really my forte mm. like it's not my thing because it's, it's a certain mind frame right you have to get in like it's kind of like because you meet people you normally wouldn't have sex with mm-hmm. for free 
Yeah, <laughs> for free. <laughs> so it's a certain like kind of I don't want to say out of body, body out of body thing, but it's something similar to where you build a you have to kind of build a disconnect with your mm. body. I don't like that because it it kind of taints the way you view yourself after a while. Like sex is just I don't know. It becomes like the focus is it for your pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like you become detached in a way. And I don't mm-hmm. like that. Because it, it's something you have to undo. Mm-hmm. And then that's something you can bring into your relationship and mm-hmm. your sex life. And that's something I don't want. That's something I don't want for my sex life. That's something I don't want for my partner. Mm-hmm. And But there's people that, like me, that are able to do it. Of course, you still, she still has to build a disconnect sometimes. But... But because she's been doing it for so long, she kind of knows how to balance it. There was a moment where it was because she's done it for so long and, you know, it was her way or the highway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it was how she wanted to have sex and that was it. Because she was used to dealing with clients that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's something we definitely had to work on. Because <laughs> I was like, no, no. I like this. I like this. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? But I think it, you you just have to know like what's for you and what's not, and I don't think seeing people in person is for me. And what has been more of my forte, because I feel like I know how to market, is me doing OnlyFans and stuff like that. That's more of my thing where I can just have fun solo and do my thing and <laughs> make money from it because that's the main motive. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. It's not for everybody. It's not. It's not for everybody. And I have. <laughs> I I thank you for sharing and being open and candid yeah. about it because I know a lot of people be like, I don't want people to know that I do that kind of. Stuff. I'm like, if people finna pay me to be gorgeous and just for me to exist, I'm gonna. I'm. I love that. You know. I. I. You, you know. It's of course. There's levels of like. You know. Escorting and sex work and all that kind of stuff. So make sure y'all protect yourselves in whatever capacity. I didn't send a picture or two for a dollar and a half a coin. So I'm not gonna sit here and act like I ain't do it. But you know. I I think it's just important that people just recognize that that sex work is work. Like so, you mentioned your OnlyFans. So, and, and obviously you, um, on one of the episodes of Marsha's play, you mentioned that you like pay for surgeries and stuff through the OnlyFans, like the income you got from it. So it is a viable, credible way to actually get income and actually a good way to use it. And then by doing OnlyFans, you literally put a, a, like a barrier between you and people who could potentially do you cause you harm and do all that kind of shit and stuff like that. So... Mm-hmm. And and even then, that's not fair, right? Because people say some crazy shit. They do crazy shit with your content. They they try to take it um, for themselves, and they're able to screen record and mm-hmm. you know take stuff without paying for it, and you know. But that that's part of the game. That's what they do. But even that's not for everybody. Some people can't take that that pressure. Um, because that's something that a lot of people are gonna remember you for, <laughs> and some people don't like if you if you if that's something you care about. If you don't want people to bring that up or hold that over your head, probably for the rest of your life, I would suggest don't don't because you have to have a certain 
I don't know, you have to have a certain mind frame towards sex work and sex itself mm-hmm. to be okay with that. Because if I go in the gay club, you know what I'm saying, the gay guys can be a lot now. So, But I, I, I take it as uh, because they have been my main <laughs> my main fans. I respect them. I, I appreciate them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going... I'm not gonna shun them for that because they helped change my life. Mm-hmm. They helped me get top surgery and face surgery and um, have a more comfortable livelihood. That's mm-hmm. been the main people. Of course, it's trans women and other people in between, but gay cis men have been the biggest supporters for mm-hmm. me. So you know, but it, you have to you have to be comfortable with that, like. You know what I'm saying? Right. I will agree that men are very, particularly gay men, they are, you know, even though they're overly sexualized in general, they will pay the the, the $2 <laughs> that it takes to, like, have a sexual <laughs> moment with you. Like, I feel like they just be so blinded by sex sometimes. Even, even... <laughs> Like, cis-het men, like, for example, I'll just use myself, for example, I don't have to do very much to log on, except mm. log in on one of these apps, and then any of them, oh. they they going to throw themselves at me, and I'll be like, can y'all <laughs> wait a second? I just typed my name in my bio. What the fuck do y'all want? So, I feel like gaming will do the same thing to you, because now you're like this, air quotes, newfangled experiment, or whatever the fuck, so... Right. I, I, I want you people to know that sex work is not hard. Um, I'm sure your content is lovely. I've never actually seen it. So, <laughs> I just, you know, like, you can plug it if you want. But, like, I don't want to put you out there, like, if you don't feel comfortable doing that. So, if you find it, you find it. That's where I'm at. Oh, there you go. That's where I'm at. So, so before we get out, I want um to just ask like a couple last things. So obviously you're in this lovely relationship with Mia. She's a trans woman. So I want to know why you think, and this could be cis, het man, or trans men. Um, why do you think that they're not comfortable with being open with dating trans women? So from a man's perspective. I think it's mostly to people are going to see them as gay. And people are going to bully them for it because I've seen it. People mm. are going to to play with your manhood, are going to um, challenge you, are going to interrupt your peace. Mm. <laughs> people are um, you're just gonna you're just gonna feel like with with people that you know, like you're gonna feel the energy that people think you're weird. Mm -hmm. And some people just don't want to deal with that. And and part of me could understand because men have it really hard when it comes to sexuality and gender expression. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to admit that, but men don't have freedom with that. They don't have that much freedom. And some men just rather assimilate in, in privilege and just live their lives that way because they they are like if they have access to cis women they're just going to deal with them because it makes them feel more secure in their manhood mm-hmm. and just might jack off to some trans woman porn later in the night because right. <laughs> that's really what they might want so you know it, it's just it, it's up to you like, it's up to you how you want to live your life. If you want to take ownership and not give a fuck about what people think, 
that's on you. And sometimes it's not as bad as you think. Like some people might just be like, okay, like she's beautiful. I understand. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, she's a beautiful woman. And they might see you as gay in the back of their mind, but that's a, that people are gonna think what they want to think regardless. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so either you want to live your life happy, or you don't. Like, that's really what it's about. <laughs> like, I, 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 I agree. I, I, I agree. There, there's. And, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, and also, how I view it is, I'm the type of person where I want. I'm the type of person where I want to talk about it before you do. Like, mm -hmm. before somebody try to expose me, I'm going to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to go out like that. So, when I was experimenting with men and, and, you know, and dealing with my sexuality, I was like, either I'm going to talk about it or somebody going to expose me or talk. And I don't want that. I don't want to talk about my my things before anybody else did. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said. Again, we talked about the rigidness of how men can either be heterosexual or they can be homosexual. And there's no middle ground for them. And that also exists with attraction to trans women. It's like once you kind of get shuffled over to liking trans women, you're just automatically just thrown into homosexuality. And again, there's nothing wrong with being that. But because particularly black men have been rooted in the idea of faith and Christianity and all these other things and white supremacy has been very harsh on them in a lot of different ways. They don't want to, they don't want to step outside that comfort zone. And that's a privilege that they have. And they want to be able to have access to that privilege and not be able to give it up. But you're going to have to have the level of willingness to give up that privilege. And they, but then I know like you probably have more access, obviously, like if you go into shops and stuff and get lined up or whatever, you get to kind of hear these conversations about how men get to see and interact with not only women, but specifically trans women or homosexuality and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, there has been, um, I've met cishet guys, um, that have said, yes, I've come across the trans woman before, and she was fine, and then she told me, and I was like, oh, no, I'm not into that. And they'll say it straight up, like, openly they'll talk about it. Like, men comfortable with themselves, they, they like, for instance, they'll still, like, that's a perfect example. Like, mm-hmm. I have a barber where that literally happened to him. He's like, oh, yeah, um, I've come across a trans woman before, but I told her, you know, I'm not, I'm not into trans women. And, you know, I, I still, I don't mind cutting gay men's hair. I don't mind doing none of that. They actually tip the best. And, you know, shit like that. And it's, it's real dudes that, that are cool with it. And don't mind. It's just like, hey, that's you. And he told me um, the men that's super uncomfortable with other people just existing, it says something about them to me without them being able to say straight up like, oh, I'm not into it, without being hyper-masculine and acting violent about it. and You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's real. It's, I don't want to say real men, but it's real stand-up guys that have that, that attitude towards it right. where they don't have to get violent when it's somebody that's not like them coming in their presence. Right. And then you have some that are just violent, whether it be because they're battling their own sexuality or they're battling, um, <laughs> or they think they're 
doing God battles. You see what I'm saying? So Yeah. I I I agree. I think there's a there's a lot to be said. Like if you getting all riled up and bent out of shape, I'll be like, What's wrong with you? Ain't nobody said nothing about you. We we just having a conversation. If you getting all bent out of shape, you either are upset because someone's attacking you and you don't want it to be known or like some something yeah. like that, or you just or you just ignorant and you just don't know any information, so you just going based upon what your niggas said or your homeboys said. But I but I also want to really be clear about cis hat men. Um, I think that they really want to have relations with uh, trans women, but they're ultimately afraid to just lose the access to cis women and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'll just speak from my own personal experience because it happened literally like two fucking days ago. Where it was like my best friend's sister really kind of was like, oh, well, if, uh, if a man come up to you and he talking to you, I would snitch on him. I'm just like, why would I snitch? Like, why would I do that? Like, that's crazy. But that's they don't. That's why they don't say anything because they don't want to lose access to cis women and stuff like that. So I'm just like, it's constantly just being re like spun around and like perpetuated and stuff. So. And that's why I feel like some cis women have to make it known that, you know, like, I'm not transphobic, I'm not homophobic, because some of them definitely are, mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll hide under the guise of, I'm just a traditional woman, you know, mm-hmm. I'm old school, and I'll be like 20 years old, I'm old school, and, you, you know, old school at like men that, you know, like women, that's it. <laughs> I, not this voice, but I I was going to say, like, there's this TikTok going, there was this, I don't know if, if he does these all the time, but he was talking about preference versus um a requirement. And it's okay if you have a requirement that your man be only attracted to cis women, or at least be in a relationship with cis women. Like, it's okay if that's your requirement, but say it's a requirement, not a preference. Preference means you, you'll you take either or, as in, like, if he's attracted to cis and trans women, which in most cases, a lot of cis men are, they just don't recognize it, of course. But then if he's like, I also, if I don't date trans women, like, you have to be able to take both because... That's what preference is. It's a matter of choosing one or the other if one is not available to you. But if you're requiring him to not be bisexual, not be interested in trans women at any capacity, that's a requirement. And that's okay. Say that. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot. I met a lot of cis women like that. <laughs> I've met cis men that have treated me differently. Mm-hmm. after I transition so it's just it's really about if people are willing to do the work and learn and understand and actually because a lot of times these people don't actually know trans people exactly. so all they can do is go off the stereotypes and what they think a trans woman looks like and I'm pretty sure some of them would guess <laughs> what a lot of trans women look like because I know I <laughs> I mean, I, I it's 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 hard to it's hard to pinpoint and stuff like that. So I I want to make it clear that just because you're attracted to a trans person, especially a binary trans person, that doesn't change anything about you. If you like men and you see a trans man, you like damn, I want a piece. You still like me and baby, it's okay. Like it's fine. That changes nothing about you. And if you, right. if you see a trans woman and you like, damn, she bad, I want a piece. Like, that don't change nothing about you. So if you want to dive more into that and explore more about yourself, do that. It's okay. But 
I, I just want to... some of them want a piece and not even know that we are trans. And, and even if you find out we're trans after, you still want a piece <laughs> of you Don't lie to yourself. Right. You may not want a whole piece. You may want like a piece of the crust to see if you like it, to see if it's... I want to taste right. the filling just a little bit to see if it's really what it is. That's why they'd be like, oh, I get some head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it turned into something else real quick. <laughs> right. But I think it matters. Oh, but I we're we're out of time. I don't want to waste all your lovely day. This is a lovely Sunday. Um so um on social media, if you want to share that information, if you want to plug your OnlyFans, like <laughs> and so tell people where they can find you, Z. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at Zahirae, Z-A-H-I-R-R-A-Y-E. All my social media is under that. I don't even know why I said Twitter specifically, but yeah, that's all my all my social media. So if you go on my Instagram, I have a link tree to everything. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you need to tell me the information to your stuff so I can let Marsha's Plate people know that I recently did a show and we could plug it into our notes. I would love that. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And and of course, um, as I said earlier, um, they um both the here and Mia. And a uh, shout out to Diamond. Um Marsha's plate the the shout uh, out. The illustrious podcast. I'll put that information in the bottom. They've been going since 2000 and submitted like 16, 17. 17. I'm like, it's been a cute minute. All the episodes are informative. They are amazing. I love all of them. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, And we will see y'all next time on another episode of Black to the Future. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Black to the Future. Yes, thank you for joining us. And if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black to the Future Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Black to the Future Podcast as well. Share the content and please leave positive reviews. Yeah, all that. <laughs> and we will see y'all in the future. Don't you mean Black to the Future? Oh, I guess you're right. We'll see y'all Black Black to to the the future. future.